Well, according to the Fraser Institute, today is Tax Freedom Day, the day the average Canadian stops working for all three levels of government and starts working for themselves. But where does a huge chunk of that tax money go? The Fraser Institute got a new study that is sure to get people talking about the discrepancy between public sector and private sector workers. With more on this, joined by the host of Canada's number one rated financial show, Money Talks, here on CKNW, Mr. Michael Campbell. Hello, Mike. Hey, Sean. Well, let's start with Tax Freedom Day. Mike always creates controversy. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, we're talking about a generalization. I mean, individuals pay different amounts of taxes depending on their habits. For example, if you're a big drinker well, you're, and, and you drive to the liquor store on a regular basis, you know, those are two big chunks of taxes. About 33% of the cost is that. Wow. If you're a non-drinker, you're not onto that. You know, cigarettes, that kind of stuff. So it really depends. But I, I think what's very good about this, though, is that we should have, I mean, this is our biggest expense. Uh, you know, when it comes to our everyday living in some form of taxes. And we've all felt it, whether we're talking about the increase in MSP premiums. Uh, I just mentioned some of those other taxes, but our property taxes seem to go up every single year. Yeah. Uh, so I think it is good just to bring it into focus and, and not just pass the income tax, but this huge myriad of other ways that we pay governments. Uh, you know, fees, licensing, the list really is a long one. And so, yeah, that's why I think it's a valuable exercise to go through. And tax is a touchy subject these days, given the recent revelations on Senate spending, Mike. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think people can be forgiven for being frustrated when they hear those stories. And I, I was just reading today some of the details of the Senate spending, and, and I'm always going on about this, and I want to preempt immediately, and people say, well, that means you're some sort of right-wing nut. I, I sincerely believe that they should be spending my tax dollars, everyone's tax dollars, with the utmost respect for the time and energy it took to make that money. And uh, it's clearly not the case in way too many examples. The Senate spending is the one that's sort of most egregious right now. But, uh, you know, we had reports last August, Sean, on some, just some, of the salaries paid to, uh, you know, native, uh, the native bands, yes. and the leaders of those. And some of those were pretty darn outrageous there. We know the Auditor General's come out on a regular uh, basis, you know, and, uh, you know, Denny DeSatel on to Sheila Fraser, now Michael Ferguson, uh, looking at stuff. And clearly there is a problem with spending tax dollars. They treat it like other people's money. I mean, boy, if we were in Alberta, we'd still be crying over Allison Redford's personal expenditures. Uh, the list is really a long one. So, yeah, I think that's why it is such a touchy subject. Yeah, that's not where the bulk of our tax dollars go, of course. The Fraser Institute also out with some new numbers around that divide between public and private sector wages. Yeah, I think this is an important issue, and because it comes back to the taxes, come back to affordability. Uh, yeah, so they took the StatsCan numbers from 2013, and, and again, it's broad-based. Uh, they did take account for the character, uh, different characteristics, you know, of workers, like what's their educational background, what's the nature of their position, you know, how long have they been there, what experience did they bring to it, and they, make, they made it comparable in those ways. And they found, bottom line, something about a 10% average increase in you, when you start comparing salaries of similar positions with those other variables. But that's not the whole compensation package, is it? Well, this is something, you're, you're quite right, you know, I'm actually quite critical of the media on this one, is a lot of times when we talk about negotiations, uh, like this time last year we were doing nothing but talking about the BCTF and the, and the yeah. government, and we would talk about salaries, and I'd say, I would sort of scream, no, that's not what the compensation package is. I mean, the, the bottom line is that we're finding that whether it's your health benefits or, or, or the big one, let's go to pensions here. Pensions are a huge uh, 
cost to taxpayers because it's always matching uh, ta- uh, taxpayer contributions. And there's a huge discrepancy in pensions. I would say it's the biggest discrepancy we've got where, you know, we know that, for example, 60, 62% of Canadians don't have a former formal workplace pensions. Then you look inside the numbers even further. 88% of government sector employees in Canada are covered by a registered pension plan, uh, you know, in 2013. Less than 24% of private sector workers are. Wow. Uh, now, here's, here's the really big deal, and here's the expensive deal, back to taxes, is a defined benefit plan says this. It doesn't matter how much money we have in the plan. We still promise you a specific payout. Very different from my RSP, where my payout's going to be determined on how much money's within my RSP. They're yes. saying, no, it doesn't matter how much we've got in the pension. You will get whatever, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 a month. Well, 90, just, you know, 94% of government employees have that type where it's just a fraction of, uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 12% of all public sector workers have that. And uh, so, you know, it's a pretty big discrepancy there. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and it's an expensive one. We got, by the way, just very quickly, uh, C.D. Howe Institute did something about a month ago that showed that we had an unfunded liability, meaning we've made the promise these monthly payouts. We don't have that much money set aside. They put it at $244 billion. And plus, by the way, uh, government uh, private sector workers retire about two and a half years earlier on average than private sector workers. So there is a significant gap there that's, by the way, been confirmed by uh, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business when they've done their uh, analysis on the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly something to be aware of. That is, that's pensions. Then there are other benefits, Mike. Well, the big one I noticed, because I am self-employed, so the big one I notice is that extended health. You know, covering, uh, depending on which plan, obviously, but extended health is the norm, and it's just what the details are, whether you get some dental coverage or all dental coverage, whether you get uh, some alternative medicine uh, coverage, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that people would find that huge, and, and that can be a huge benefit. And you do hear people saying, I want to go work for government because I get a better benefits package there. I literally had someone say that the other day. By the way, very quickly, because I know time's short, but sick days differential are huge. And that's what the federal government's been trying to address with federal workers there. And, And just one other example of the discrepancy that I think did get people's blood boiling was that uh, past governments at the federal level had had a deal that basically said if somebody quit, they still got severance. Mm. Well, the federal government's been trying to sort of get out of that, and in return, they've, they've provided compensation in the billions of dollars to get that sort of uh, proviso uh, off the union uh, government contracts. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> The idea of severance to somebody who did not, you know, who quit their job, I think, is pretty foreign and, uh, you know, obviously was rampant in the federal public sector. Well, you wouldn't see in the private sector, that's for sure. Bottom line no. question, Mike, and quickly, is is all of this affordable then? Well, that not that the question? And there's a couple of things that, that come to mind on that. When I talked about those pension liabilities, obviously it also depends on the strength of the economy. So I'll give you an example. Right now, Alberta is wondering, is it affordable? And the new government there can you know, do whatever they want, but I'll tell you in the end it's going to bite them. It's going to bite them on Ontario. Uh, and it really comes down to remind us that the overall strength of the economy is absolutely huge. Uh, uh, you know, that's what's going to determine the affordability. The other side, very quickly, Sean, is that 
Educational spending gives us a great example that you can have the union on one side saying we're cutting spending and the government on the other said, no, we're not. It depends where that money went. And you see, if it goes more to one area, for example, salaries and benefits, et cetera, but the government doesn't fully fund that increase, you know, that we had in September with the new contract, well, no wonder the school boards are, are in trouble and having to find that money elsewhere. So, yeah, it, it comes down to prioritizing of government spending, but the big key is we desperately need strong economic growth. Got to leave it there. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Sean. Michael Campbell, host of Money Talk, Saturday mornings here on News Talk 980 CKNW.